Geekville Radio. Welcome once again, fellow geeks and geekettes, to another edition of Geekville Radio. This is Seth, a.k.a. Xandrax, the mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio. Flying solo for this edition. We're up to episode 301 of Geekville Radio. We're going to talk the Doctor Strange trailer. We're going to talk the Batsuit, as it'll be seen in the Batgirl movie. We're going to talk John Williams coming back to Star Wars, and we'll wrap it up with a look at the revival of Futurama. But we'll kick it off talking Doctor Strange and a multiverse of madness. A bit of the trailer aired during what they call now the big game, because we can't say that word too much. It's kind of been dubbed the Superb Owl in hashtags across social media. Quite a few commercials aired for superhero movies and shows coming up in 2022. But shortly after a form of the trailer aired during that certain football game, the full trailer got released online on YouTube, and we do have a link to everything we're talking about here at geekvilleradio.com slash 301. So unless you were banished into an alternate universe, you may have seen or heard about the latest trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. The trailer saw its partial debut during the Superb Owl on Sunday, as some fans like to hashtag it. It gives fans a lot of clues of what's in store for the Sorcerer Supreme and his upcoming standalone film. It's hard to believe it's already been almost six years since the first Doctor Strange movie. It seems like just yesterday, Train and Uncle Greg and I were talking about it after it had been revealed that Benedict Cumberbatch was cast to play Strange, and that was in 2014, I want to say. So yeah, eight years ago now already. But regarding the trailer, it shows a lot of stuff. So breaking it down will take a lot of time. But here's the few things we noticed in the 57 or two times that we watched it. It starts out with Doctor Strange talking about having the same dream every night, and presumably we're looking at these dreams. It looks like some sort of surreal take on places he's been before. But after talking about the same dream every night before the nightmare begins, this could be literal, could be metaphoric, but it does seem like these dreams could be visions of other worlds in the multiverse. We already know we're going to get different takes on other characters, in these glimpses of other universes in the multiverse. We saw it a lot in Loki. It's presumably how they can explain away all the X-Men movies and past Spider-Man movies and still count them somewhat as a measure of canon. But we also see the big screen debut of America Chavez. She is one of the newer characters in Marvel Comics. She was originally supposed to make her big screen debut in Spider-Man No Way Home. It was mentioned a few weeks back that there was concept art for what became Spider-Man No Way Home that showed her having some measure of interaction with the Spider-Men, for lack of a better term, in, in that movie. But the rewrites, the reshoots, probably due to COVID pandemic, that pushed her debut back to this movie. It looks like she's going to play a key part in the story. Not only is she all over the trailers, but if you know the comics, one of her abilities, one of her powers is she can jump through the multiverse. So she actually is familiar with multiple universes. So that's a perfect type of character to have in a movie that is literally about a multiverse. We also get a glimpse, this very large, like giant wacky wall walker looking thing that's throwing around buses. 
And that looks very much like Shumagorath. He or it is one of the more obscure creatures in Marvel and actually has its origins in the writing of Robert E. Howard. Yes, the same Robert E. Howard who created Conan the Barbarian. Shumagorath is over a million years old, has ruled over multiple dimensions, has tentacles that he walks around on and grabs stuff in. My hunch is... If you watch the What If series, especially the first episode, Captain Carter, where you see these tentacles coming through these portals, that very well could be the tentacles of Shumagorath. Since we're talking alternate universes, people that know the character know that he is part of other universes. It just seems to make perfect sense that that is how Shumagorath will be released in this movie. Now, I believe they are not using that name. I believe it has something to do with the rights with Robert E. Howard, which is kind of funny because they have Conan rights now, and Conan is actually in the Marvel Universe proper now. But that's a rant for another episode. Instead of calling the character Shumagorath, they're calling it Gargantos, which definitely sounds like that would fit for a, a kaiju name of some sort. Unless you know Marvel history very well, you might not recognize Shumagorath. In fact, I think probably, just my opinion, I... May be wrong, and you can certainly correct me. Email me at show at geekvilleradio.com and tell me how wrong I am. But my opinion is the biggest mainstream breakthrough that I think Shumagorath had was he was a playable character in the Marvel Superheroes arcade game that came out in the 90s. Everything was all about fighting games in the 1990s. Fighting games were the rage that basically jump-started with Street Fighter 2. Everybody had their... Street Fighter clones, Marvel Universe, the Marvel superheroes fighting game was actually produced by Capcom, who created Street Fighter 2. They even had crossover stuff with X-Men versus Street Fighter, Marvel Universe versus Street Fighter, Marvel versus Capcom, blah, blah, blah. But that's really, I think, where Shumagorath has probably seen the most outside of issues of comics. And he's a lot smaller in those games than he's depicted in this movie. Who knows? Maybe he can grow depending on how much power he has. Shumagorath, don't know if he's going to be the main villain. It looks like he's probably going to be just the the monster or the creature, you might say. And the real villain might be a mastermind behind that. More on that in a minute because I believe this is also stemming back to what if. The voiceover that may have caused the biggest WTF moment was happened about halfway through this trailer. And we see Doctor Strange in binders, looking up at somebody who's clearly sitting on an elevated pedestal of some sort. And we hear what definitely sounds like Sir Patrick Stewart's Charles Xavier speaking about him needing to know the truth. And I had speculated off mic when Train and I had talked about this, that there are several explanations that could be done here very easily. It's a pretty safe bet that there's a lot of footage of Patrick Stewart as Xavier from all the movies that he did before. The interesting thing about bringing Xavier into the MCU proper is, of course, he died in Logan, the movie Logan. Now, actually, that movie takes place a few years in the future. It had also gotten out there that Kevin Feige did approach Stewart in some capacity to reprise the character of Xavier, and Stewart ultimately turned that down. Now, we don't know the conditions of what that would have been. It might not have been anything having to do with this movie. It could have been for another Avengers movie, or if they ever do make an X-Men proper movie. But that definitely sounds like his voice. My hunch is it's another universe, another reality, so to speak, that the main Doctor Strange, 
you might say, the, the one that is part of the proper MCU, is in at this point. Now, if this is indeed Stuart as Xavier, that would mean that something changed within that last year or so after Patrick Stewart turned him down. That said, this could just be a one-off cameo appearance. Like I said, explains that the Fox X-Men movies are part of the multiverse. But another possibility is that this could lead to the formation of Marvel's Illuminati in, in the MCU. Because in the comics, the Illuminati were, for lack of a better term, these are my own words, elite representatives of different types of metahuman. And I believe the one that was looked at as the leader, essentially, if there was one of them that would have any sort of leader, it was Tony Stark, who, of course, is dead in the MCU now. The other members of the Illuminati were Xavier, who was kind of representing mutants, Doctor Strange, representing magic, Tony Stark, representing tech, Namor, Submariner, represented Atlanteans, Mr. Fantastic, represented, I think, the science and kind of the altered metas, you might say. And the final member was Black Bolt, who represented Inhumans. Now, given that Tony's dead in the MCU, it's very possible that they're just giving the Illuminati a nod here in another multiverse, in another universe in this multi... They could just be giving a nod to the group in essentially a cameo segment in one of these universes. That's my hunch. Again, don't know for sure, just one man's opinion, but I think we're going to get some glimpse of the Illuminati here. Another thing you may notice if you watched Loki, one of the memorable things in that was the void. This was a giant, intelligent cloud of smoke that seemed to consume everything it came in contact with. Could the multiverse collapse bring the void into these other universes rather than that kind of nexus that Loki was in during his own series? My hunch is we're going to see something like the void eating up and deteriorating these other universes, hence why they have to go and stop it all, hence why it's called the multiverse, yada, yada, yada. We do see at least two Doctor Strange variants. We know we got Doctor Strange proper. It looks like we got the zombie Doctor Strange who was in What If for uh, an episode or two. But we also see what looks to be an evil version of Strange. And just to make sure that he's evil, if you watch this trailer with the close caption on, and once again, I'll give a link to this in the show notes at geeklradio.com slash 301, you see a evilly smiling Doctor Strange saying things just got out of hand, and that character is credited as Sinister Strange in the closed caption. Uh, the, the name Sinister Strange is not spoken out loud, so the captions are not trying to interpret the words that we're hearing. Somebody wrote Sinister Strange when writing these captions, so I don't think there's any way to deny that this is an evil version of Doctor Strange. Many fans, including myself, think that this could be the same variant we saw in What If, where he wound up destroying his universe while trying to save Christine's life. Because in that episode of What If, Christine is actually in the car with Doctor Strange in the accident that eventually leads to him getting his hands massacred, or his hands shattered, and what eventually leads to him becoming Doctor Strange in the first place. But in order for that to happen, in order for him to become Doctor Strange, he has to live with Christine's death. has a very hard time doing that. That's what leads to him being corrupted. Anakin Skywalker, you might say, trying to do all this stuff to save the person he loves, and turning evil himself, and ruining things even further. Now, we theorized that one of the Doctor Strange variants, very well could be Sinister Strange here, could have been pulled into the main MCU sometime before this. Because if you watch No Way Home, which I think is actually still out in the theaters at the time of recording, you do see Ned pull characters through a portal. 
And that's how we get Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire, their respective Spider-Mans, their respective Peter Parker, because Ned was trying to find Peter and grabbed two different Peters. That That's, in a nutshell, how it happened. When they did actually find their Peter, the Tom Holland Peter, they actually just went out looking for him in the old school ways. They just gathered and found him rather than bringing him through a portal. You notice when they bring Strange in, when he's brought in through Ned's portal, he's actually looking kind of surprised, like, what, what, what's going on? So my theory, my hypothesis, my prediction is that Ned grabbed the wrong Strange. He grabbed the Strange that was part of this what-if universe where he was corrupted. If that doesn't turn out to be the case, I, I'm fine with that. I'm not saying they have to go that route. I'm just saying that that's what I think they're doing. It, it would be a perfectly logical explanation as to how this happened. It's the wrong Doctor Strange. It's an evil Doctor Strange, or as I like to, I like to call him, Doctor Stranger. And a big question that I have for this, he the villain, or is he just one of the main, is he just one antagonist that's part of a bigger story? We know we're getting Kang the Conqueror. We saw a form of him in Loki. We know he's been cast and put into the third Ant-Man movie, Quantumania. Quantumania running wild, brother. But I, I wouldn't put it past Kang appearing in some form uh, in this movie. But those will, whether I'm right about these predictions or not, we'll find out. We're only about two months away from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, opening on May 6th. Now, moving on to DC... There was a photo leaked from the set of Batgirl. This is important that we don't confuse it with the Flash movie. The Flash movie is going to be in theaters. The Batgirl movie is going to be HBO Max. But Michael Keaton is playing his version of Bruce Wayne in both of those. And ever since it was announced that Michael Keaton would be donning the cowl as Batman for the upcoming Flash movie, we've wondered how close the suit would be to the one he wore 30 plus years ago. Well, thanks to this image leak on Twitter, we don't have to wonder any longer. We did see photos of Keaton as Bruce Wayne in a previous leak from The Flash, but he was clearly being Bruce Wayne. He was in a suit. He wasn't. He was just in a regular suit, not a bat suit. He was just being Bruce Wayne, not Batman. But this leak from the set of Batgirl, it's clearly the suit. It's clearly modeled after that iconic 1989 suit that Michael Keaton wore, which ultimately wound up being one of the reasons why they changed Batman to wearing all black in the comics. For the longest time, he had that gray and blue look, which by, I believe, Bob Kane's own explanation came about because in those days when comics run the same type of paper and printing apparatuses as newspapers, black would be very hard to do with any real detail back in those days. So that's why they went with the gray and the blue look. Because I don't think there's too many blue bats running around but i'm no bat expert maybe they exist but the main reason why batman wore gray and blue all those years because it would have been too difficult to don them in all black and now with the technology and the drawing abilities we have in comics these days a lot of the great artists we can see batman in all black which is what bob kane originally intended anyway we also see pictures of jk simmons as commissioner gordon he previously played the part in Justice League. Batgirl will be streaming on HBO Max sometime this year, and I believe it is coming out after the Flash movie hits theaters, so not much longer to wait to see that Bruce Wayne on the big screen again. And in Star Wars news, John Williams is back to making Star Wars music. He didn't do any music for Rogue One or Solo, and he didn't do any of the music for The Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett. We're going to 
do our final review of Book of Boba Fett when Train is able to join us, but unfortunately our schedules haven't been making that so. That's why I'm not talking about Boba Fett much in this episode. We'll save that for when Train and I can talk about it. But John Williams will be composing the theme music for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I don't think he's going to be doing full episodes. He's just going to compose a theme for the Obi-Wan series. Because I don't think Obi-Wan had a theme in any of the Star Wars movies. Luke had his, Darth Vader had his, Yoda had his, Rey had hers, and so on. So we're probably just going to hear the John Williams score in the introduction. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. And finally, in our bit of news, this actually broke a little bit before I hit record to make this episode. We are getting a revival of Futurama, the popular series that originally started out on Fox, then went to Comedy Central, and is now going on Hulu. If you're a fan of the show and had heard about the revival, you may have heard that John DiMaggio will not be Bender in the series, but yet the other original cast members are returning. We're getting Billy West, we're getting Katie Seagal, we're getting Phil Lamar and Maurice LaMarche and all that. But as Professor Farnsworth would say, Good news, everyone! John DiMaggio will be returning, after all, as that alcoholic, wisecracking robot bender. He had originally passed on the offer because he didn't think actors were getting enough pay based on what he was seeing. It wasn't just that he wanted more pay, it was that he thought it was unfair to the rest of the cast as well. He wanted all the cast to get a raise, and apparently that worked out because he has signed on. And that does mean, with DiMaggio's return, the entire cast is officially back on board. There's no roles that were being recast, at least not major roles. Also, Matt Groening and David X. Cohen are returning to run the show. They were the original creators and producers for Futurama. And it does mark the second time, essentially the third version of the series that has aired. It was originally in 1999, lasted for five seasons on Fox, got canceled in 2003. Around 2010, Comedy Central revived the series, again brought back all of the actors, ran for another two seasons, ended in 2013. And now we're getting one set to release in 2023, 10 years after the last revival ended. I've been a pretty big Futurama fan for a number of years. I mean, I'm not what I would call an expert, but I've seen enough to know the main characters and laugh at a lot of the pop culture commentary that happens. So definitely looking forward to Futurama. So I'm excited about that. I'm sure there's a lot of fans excited. So I'm excited. I'm sure a lot of other fans are excited. There was a petition online, you might say, to bring him back, and it looks like it worked. That's going to wrap up this episode of Geekville Radio, number 301. I know it's a lot shorter, but I'm here alone just talking to you folks, no no co-host. Train will be back soon. I believe he'll probably be back for the next episode where we're going to talk Book of Boba Fett, maybe some of the stuff we're talking about here. And I think that episode will be coming sooner rather than later. Uh, if you're listening to us for the first time, Geekville Radio, we're on geeklaradio.com. You can find us on really just about anywhere you find your podcasts. Just do a search for Geekville Radio. You should see our other shows pop up. Give us a listen. Give us a review on iTunes or wherever you can review podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. I always say, and I mean it every time, that I appreciate any form of feedback, even if it's negative, as long as it's sincere. Just give us your sincere thoughts. We're doing great. Things we could do better. Things you want to hear us talk about. No request will go unconsidered. I guess I can put it that way. On the social media, Geekville Radio on Facebook and Twitter. You can email us now, show at geekvilleradio.com. 
can give us all your suggestions there. And we'll be back next time talking a whole bunch of news. We'll be talking Book of Boba Fett. Train and I are definitely going to talk about Moon Knight in the near future to prep any fans who aren't familiar with that character on what to expect from the from the Moon Knight series. With all that being said, I'm going to shut the power down here in the Geekville Radio studios, and we'll talk to you folks again next time. Geekville Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any product or company unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the host and or guests are purely their own and do not represent the views of geekvilleradio.com, a1-wrestling.com, or any affiliates. Some media used on Geekville Radio is the respective copyright of its publishers, all rights reserved.